Hello, America. Welcome. It's Eric Erickson here. Can we can we start with an open container Friday at this point? My goodness gracious, we're almost there. A three-day weekend for most of us. The phone number 877-973-7425. As always, text Eric to 33777. I'm I'm gonna shift my notes around here. I wanna I wanna play you. It's a very famous clip from a very famous movie. It's also a, a great play. Um, it is man for all seasons is about Thomas Moore, who, uh, wound up losing his head. Uh, the author of utopia advised, uh, Henry the eighth until he did not lost his head, um, refused to recognize the divorce of queen Catherine so that Henry the eighth could marry again. A lot of pressure put his way. He ultimately went to his death and he was made a saint. Uh, by the Catholic Church, a very devout Catholic. This is a line, you've probably heard this before if you didn't know where it came from. It's called the Devil's Speech in a Man for All Seasons. Arrest him. For what? He's dangerous. For libel, he's a spy. Father, that man's bad. There's no law against that. There is God's law. Then God can arrest him. While you talk, he's gone. And go he should if he were the devil himself until he broke the law. So, now you'd give the devil benefit of law. Yes, what would you do? Cut a great road through the law to get after the devil? Yes. I'd cut down every law in England to do that. Oh? And when the last law was down and the devil turned round on you, where would you hide, Roper? The law's all being flat. This country is planted thick with laws from coast to coast, man's laws, not God's. And if you cut them down, and you're just the man to do it, do you really think you could stand upright in the winds that would blow then? Yes. I'd give the devil benefit of law for my own safety's sake. Now, I play that when I talk to you about it this way. I think most of us are in agreement, particularly in heavy one-party states, particularly progressive states, that the law doesn't mean as much as it might have meant at one time. Uh, both sides transactionally now view the law and the judicial system as we get our people, we get our results. You see that, for example, in North Carolina where conservatives have taken over. They've reversed some of the things that uh, progressive judges did. The progressive judges in the North Carolina Supreme Court uh, got rid of uh, redistricting by the North Carolina legislature that favored Republicans. It just magically, mysteriously was unconstitutional, but now it's okay. In Wisconsin, progressives have taken over the Wisconsin State Supreme Court, and transactionally that means now things will benefit Democrats regularly. The Democrats for years politicized the federal court system and got transactionally what they wanted, and now they don't get it because Republicans have been winning and packing the courts with their own appointees who believe in the rule of law, and the Democrats now wish to discredit the court system. People view jurisprudence differently, whether they're conservative or Democrat. But at the end of the day, in our present system, the federal courts in particular still lean towards the rule of law, not the transactional jurisprudence of the progressives. Got a six to three conservative majority on the Supreme Court. My point in all of this is conservatives believe that the left has been weaponizing um, the litigation against Donald Trump and that we should engage in the same behaviors against the left. But at the end of the day, ultimately, the U.S. Supreme Court still leans 
conservatively with conservative jurisprudence. But you start engaging in the same behaviors the left has engaged in, you're going to reap what you sow eventually. When you decide to start gutting and cutting down the laws, when you decide to start revising and twisting and deleting and editing in the same way you think the left has done, what's left standing to protect you from the left? See, the problem that we forget and that I think the left very often forgets is that there's no permanent majority in this country. There never is. You and I may be engaged in politics. There are people on the left who are highly engaged in politics. But most Americans, they got a family to feed. They got a job to go to. They got kids to get to school. They're they're not as plugged in as you and me. Low information voters, we can call them, but they still vote. And they don't care about your personal convictions on whether or not uh, Fawny Willis is engaged in lawfare against Donald Trump. And they don't care about uh, boys and girls' bathrooms except when it affects them. And then they're pretty angry at the left. What the left doesn't understand in their cloistered bubbles is that these low-information, middle-of-the-road voters who are rarely engaged except in general elections, they actually care very deeply culturally about these issues and not in the way the left wants them to. It's an advantage for our side, frankly. But when we behave like the left, when we do to them what they've done to us, we're beginning to set precedents that will be used against us. You know, I I warned the Democrats when Obama was president that the way Obama was engaged in executive actions to get his way, that that would be turned on him by the next Republican president. Donald Trump did that. Donald Trump took precedents set by the left and expanded them. Take the stolen election stuff. You know, in 2004, when George W. Bush ran for re-election against John Kerry, Democrats insisted that electronic voting devices run by Diebold had stolen the election and thrown it to George Bush. There's audio out there of Jerry Nadler, Democrat on the Judiciary Committee, of, of claiming as much that we do believe that uh, statistically, proportionally, these machines were throwing votes to George W. Bush and there's no paper trail, we can't prove it, blah, 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 blah. What did the Republicans do come 2020? All they did was expand upon the Democratic precedent. That's it. The Democrats don't like it when you point that out. They get very defensive about, we didn't storm the U.S. Capitol. Oh, many of you still objected to the certification of the Electoral College. And you went on television and said the election was stolen and no one indicted you for it. The precedents are being set. The precedents are being set. You know, the the left now wants to stop Donald Trump from even being able to run for office, claiming that the insurrection clause of the 14th Amendment stops him from doing so. Now, I'm hard-pressed to find the U.S. Supreme Court will go that way, particularly because the uh, 14th Amendment, very clearly the insurrection clause was about the Civil War, and uh, Donald Trump has not been charged with or convicted of insurrection anywhere. But they're going to try. They, they want to try. You start blocking Donald Trump from being able to qualify for office using the insurrection clause. You wait till some elected official who participated in a Black Lives Matter riot somewhere tries to run for office in a conservative state. You watch what happens. You're writing checks you can't cash in the future. You're setting precedents that will be used against you. Neither side thinks like this. 
It's like, uh, I don't mean to beat a dead horse on this one, but this Colton Moore stuff down in Georgia, the state legislator there, who is insistent that a special session be called to get rid of Fawny Willis. There is no legal mechanism in the state of Georgia for Fawny Willis to be removed by the state legislature, but he doesn't care. He wants to engage in this performance. He says we need action, but the action he claims can be taken can't be taken. And if Republicans set the precedent, people are worried about Georgia one day becoming a blue state. Wait until you set the precedent the Democrats will use. There's no better example of this, by the way, than the filibuster. When Republicans are in charge of the Senate, there are always people on the Republican side that says, we need to get rid of the filibuster. We need to advance our agenda. After all, when the left takes over, the left is going to get rid of the filibuster. We might as well be the ones to do it. Guess what? The left's in charge, and they've tried, and Democratic senators have said, no, we're not going to get rid of the filibuster. That could be used against us. Progressives try, conservatives try, the filibuster stands. Maybe one day it will be gotten rid of, but I would caution Republicans not to be the ones to do it. Look what happens when Harry Reid got rid of the filibuster for judicial nominations. It was used by Republicans to pack the courts. Democrats to this day regret it. You got to be careful about your precedents. And you've also got to be careful about whipping people into a frenzy. Eventually, the mob will turn on the mob organizers if they're not careful. You've promised people you can stop Fawny Willis in Georgia, and you can't. Eventually, the mob will turn on you. Eventually, your bridges will burn too. And people don't think about these things. They get wrapped up in the emotion of it. Listen, I have friends... In fact, I was in a, in a in a chat last night with a friend who's very, very he's upset with me. He's upset with Brian Kemp. We just need to do something. We need to do something. Uh, I, I I don't believe that there's nothing the governor can do. I'm like, listen, I, I man, I'm sorry. I'm a lawyer in Georgia. I I know our laws. I know our constitution. There's nothing the governor can do. Well, he should still do something. It's like telling Mike Pence to certify that to, to not certify the Electoral College, that, that somehow there's this novel right no vice president has ever used before, but somehow Mike, Mike Pence should be able to use it. All that leads to is mugshots and indictments. We on our side very often want to find silver bullets. You know, that's, that's what we did with, with Obamacare. We tried to find the silver bullet in Obamacare. We tried to find the silver bullet. Uh, we'd find that one thing that would go to, you know, if we got rid of the individual mandate, we would kill Obamacare. It didn't work. With Bill Clinton, we tried to find that one thing that would get him out of office, Whitewater, Monica Lewinsky, something. Let's find the silver bullet to take him out. It didn't work. Democrats have tried to find the silver bullet, too, against the Republicans. I mean, my goodness, Democrats, they tried the 25th Amendment. That was their silver bullet against Donald Trump. We're going to deploy the 25th Amendment. That'll stop him, except it didn't work. Now the 14th Amendment is their silver bullet. The silver bullet stops the werewolf. It doesn't stop the politician. There is no silver bullet in politics. What there is is there's hard work. There's sweat equity. There's making a persuasive cases to the people in the middle who's, who you need on your side. There's work. There's diligence. There's process. I've got friends who think that the governor of Georgia or the state legislature should be able to snap their fingers and shut down Fonnie Willis's investigation in Georgia. There's not a silver bullet that allows any of them to do that under Georgia law. But you know what can? 
process and argument and good lawyers before good judges, which these judges involved are good judges. You make the case that your client needs to have the case dismissed because it was an unlawful case. It was lawfare. It wasn't a real case. There's no real crime. Make the arguments. Don't try to find the silver bullet. You can be outraged by the arguments. I think the outrage, having read the indictment of George, is kind of a garbage case. And some of these people should have their cases dismissed. Jen Ellis, I, I don't know what crime Jen Ellis committed. The DA claims she committed. Well, I, I don't see a crime there. Mark Meadows was doing his job as chief of staff, arranging phone calls for Donald Trump. I, I don't see what a crime is there. Some of these people, their cases should be dismissed, and they'll have the opportunity to do it. The hard work, the process, the procedure, the laws, they matter. Stop trying to find the silver bullet. And it goes back to Thomas Moore's speech that I played. You think the Democrats have been trying to cut down the laws to get what they want? You start doing that as well, eventually they will turn on you. They will. The precedents you set today will be used against you in the future. There's no such thing as a permanent political majority in the United States of America. Never has been, never will be. As long as we have democratic elections in this country, which we're going to for a while, you may not like the outcome and you may claim they're stolen, but we're still going to have them. You set a precedent today, at some point your party will no longer be in control and you can whip yourself into a hysteria and say, well, my party will never be in control again because they're stolen. You can believe that talk if you want. Most people don't. And if you believe that talk now, you might as well sit out the process. You, you, you might as well go on and sit it out because you already have said you're going to lose. Let the rest of us play to win. But don't set the precedent today that's going to be used against you tomorrow because you start doing that, it will be turned around on you in the future. you got to play smart and outsmart the other side. It's still possible. I am a small businessman. The company that I run for my radio show, it's a small business. I've got employees. I don't have HR. You may be in that situation and you may really need HR. Well, you may want to talk to Bambi. When running a business, your employees can create all sorts of interesting situations and they could get you in trouble. What happens when two employees are squabbling? One of them smells bad all the time. What do you do? How do you navigate the rules? With Bambi, you get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 a month. They're available by phone, email, real-time chat. Onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance. Your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. Let Bambi handle your employees for you. Their HR autopilot automates important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Listen, you want U.S.-based HR managers who give you experience, expertise, a personal touch you need to make it seem like they're a part of your team. They could cost eighty grand a year, but Bambi starts at $99 a month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Go to Bambi.com right now. Type in Eric Erickson under podcast when you sign up. It'll help you. It'll help your company grow. It'll help you keep peace of mind. It's spelled B-A-M-B-E-E. Bam. B-E-E.com. Bambi.com. Type in Eric Erickson. These are happening around the country. Uh, I want to focus on this one because I, I have it readily available here. This is out of Georgia. They called it Operation Sneaky Peach. Uh, law enforcement agencies with the Georgia Internet Crimes Against Children Task Force, executed 34 residential search warrants and three additional enforcement actions 
in 28 counties around that state. The search warrants and other enforcement actions resulted in arrests of 31 individuals. Digital forensic investigators previewed 296 electronic devices on scene, seized 281 electronic devices, including cell phones, tablets, computers, hard drives, and electronic uh, data storage devices. They identified 30 children that were residing in households where online child sexual exploitation was occurring. Four of those arrested admitted to current or prior hands-on sexual offenses against a child. People range, I mean, you got a minor involved, and then ages 18 all the way up into 70 years old. In many cases, they were holding children in their homes, many times related to the kids and sexually exploiting the kids online. There are people who wish to dismiss human trafficking and say it's not real. There are people even now who pretend that, well, this is a consensual act, even though it's a child. These are actually monsters. Monsters abusing children. And good for law enforcement around the country beginning these sorts of things. Um, Glad to see this. 26 people arrested for sexual exploitation of children. What an awful, monstrous, barbaric thing. And the Internet now makes it so much more expansive, so much easier to get access to, so much more awful. you got to remember that this sort of evil, it happens... In your neighborhood, it's not happening abroad. Something like this happening in your neighborhood um, with people that you see down the street. I Just terrible, but God bless law enforcement for cracking down on this stuff and, and being aggressive. If you heard me earlier, you heard me talking about interest rates. that they, They've gone back up uh, 3.3%. Uh, year over year, the Federal Reserve looking at raising interest rates again, unemployment, we got an economic slowdown coming. You may want to consider some precious metals in your portfolio. Maybe it's a good fit for you. Maybe not. But somebody you should talk to is Swiss America. They've been the leader in precious metals in this country for 40 years. They can teach you how to do it. You can buy from them. I got a walking liberty half dollar from them. $13.50. It's a silver coin. It's a great entry into precious metals. Makes great gifts as well because it's $13.50. Limit 250 purchases of the Walking Liberty half dollar. Um, they're really beautiful coins. It's a great entryway. If you go, go to SwissAmerica.com slash Eric, you can also get their secret war report on the war on cash, how governments and businesses are trying to force you to use plastic and, and digital currency to try to control you. You can call or text my name. Go to 800-289-2646, 800-289-2646. Message and data rates may apply if you do that, but text my name, Eric, to 800-289-2646. Get the walking liberty half dollar. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. I'm trying to figure out, so how do I convince my wife that I should really go play golf this afternoon. I'm, 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 I, my energy and my brain powers is really like geared towards, can I 
Can I convince my family that they should let me go play golf this afternoon and, and let them fend for themselves? I'm working on that. Prayers appreciated. <laughs> okay. In all seriousness, let's talk about COVID for a moment, something that we shouldn't have to talk about, but suddenly here we are. There's a surge in COVID. I, I would just, I will tell you this as a parent. Um, so the week before the gathering, I started hearing about COVID all over the place and going around the schools, the schools had started back, everybody was getting sick and, and people were testing positive for COVID. And my kids started feeling bad. He had a headache, um, had a runny nose, just kind of sluggish and out of energy. And I thought, oh my gosh, he can't get COVID. I got the gathering. I, I can't go get him tested positive for COVID. I mean, what am I going to do? And I told him, I was like, I'm sorry. I can't get you tested for COVID. It's just, it, it's, I don't expect to get it. I've never gotten it, but this would be bad. And, and finally, he's like, all right, here's what we'll do. We'll go get you tested for COVID. And if you got it, I will get myself a test. I know I'll test negative because I don't seem to get it. Uh, and I'll, I'll peace of mind for the gathering there. I didn't want to do the gathering and have it spread. Well, he tested negative for COVID, tested positive for the flu. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's probably even worse because I do get the flu. So I had to be on Tamiflu, like, like uh, the, the, the big dose Tamiflu before the gathering, uh, which just messes up your stomach too, just because I didn't want to have the flu or get people sick at the gathering. Uh, thankfully, everything worked out. We, we weren't a, a plague generator for the conference and all that. My kid is fine. But the doctor told us he was the only kid they had tested thus far this year to test positive for the flu. He was the first, won the lottery. But that day, they had seen over 30 kids who tested positive for COVID. It's going around. And it's not nearly as awful as it was last time. It, it is a headache, cough, runny nose, sore throat. It's like a bad head cold. Now, I, I know other people who have had uh, th these similar symptoms and they tested negative for COVID. And it's just, it's stuff is spreading around. But here, here's the point. I am one of the very few people that I know who has never tested positive for COVID, who has never even gotten COVID. Uh, my family got it before the vaccine was even a thing. Except my wife, thank goodness, with her lung cancer. She didn't get it. The kids did. My wife and I never got it. After the vaccine, my wife got COVID. I've never gotten it. I had the vaccine and the first booster. And I did it because my wife has stage four lung cancer. I want to protect my wife. My wife got COVID and then the kids got COVID a second time after they were vaccinated. The vaccine doesn't do as promised. It doesn't keep you from getting COVID. Some will argue that it gives you a milder case. My wife's doctor is very convinced that uh, it could be bad, that the reaction she has to, to the COVID vaccine is the reaction she would have gotten had she gotten COVID before the vaccine. There, there's some such. I don't quite get it, but that's what he says. Um, but I have not gotten COVID. I, I did not get COVID before the vaccine was a thing. I came into contact with people who were COVID positive. I did not get COVID. I was taking care of my family after the vaccine when they got COVID. I was taking care of them without wearing a mask, without wearing gloves around them in the house. I was taking care of them. I was nursemaiding my whole family. They all got COVID. I did not get it. I've never gotten it. I see no reason to get a booster. And the, the government is coming out, well, we're going to have a new booster. We're going to have a new booster. No, I, I, I haven't gotten it. I rarely get sick. I got, um, when was it, six months or so ago, I started literally like in commercial break 
during this program. This is really too much information, and I apologize. In the middle of commercial break, I started throwing up. And I was out for like two days. That's the first time I've gotten sick since January of 2020. And that was a couple of months ago. And we finally decided it had to have been food poisoning. Uh, and it just, it it tore me up. Uh, I haven't been back to that Chinese restaurant in a very long time. Um, I, then I saw their health rating. Actually, Philip told me what their health rating was. Um, so that was an anomaly. But I, I just, I and it, what I attribute to, because I used to get sick all the time. And a friend of mine who is an immunologist told me when COVID broke out, that I should be taking a, a zinc pill every day, 50 milligram zinc pill. And I have, and I haven't been sick since. If I start to feel sick, I take some vitamin C. Now, this is just me. I'm not a doctor. Don't take medical advice from me. My immunologist, who's concerned about my wife, uh, I, I don't have an immunologist. She's a friend. She said, take zinc. If you start to feel bad, take vitamin C. You should be fine. I haven't been sick other than that food poisoning incident a few months ago. But yet, I'm starting to get all these emails from people. Oh, my gosh, COVID, we're all going to die again. No, we're, we didn't die the first time. Had a 98% survivability rating. Unless you were immunocompromised, you were a senior citizen, that could have been bad. I, I have to take it seriously because my wife has stage 4 lung cancer. I have to take it seriously. But the fear-mongering from the media right now, I'm starting to see more and more people wearing masks again. Now, I want to be very clear with all of you here. And I see this online. Yes, you should harass people who are wearing masks. No, I don't think you should. You don't know their situation. We had a family who came to the gathering a couple weeks ago, and the whole family was there, and they wore N95 masks the whole time. And there were some people there who wanted to say something to them and, and were making jokes about this one family that was there at the conference wearing N95 masks. First of all, God bless them for being out in public and coming wearing those masks, particularly to a conservative conference. But also, the family was immunocompromised. And the people who were making jokes, they had no idea until I said, do you know the family has an immune compromised situation that one of the people who was brave enough to be there because of a medicine they're on, they've got a suppressed immune system and that's why the family's doing this so that they can come participate with the rest of us. There's no reason to pick on these people. There's no reason to make jokes at their expense. There's no reason to bully or badger them about their masks. They are brave enough to come to the doctor or come to, come to the conference. I'm sorry, I'm seeing a, an email come in right now about uh, somebody listening right now says their doctor says, as far as they know it, haven't had COVID. But, you know, I was on a, on a Delta flight recently, and um, the pilot came on and said, look, uh, some of you wear masks, some of you don't wear masks, most of you don't wear masks. There's no reason to say people say something to people who are wearing masks Um you make your choice for your life. They make their choice for their life. The, the problem I have is, is so many people who wear masks demand the rest of us wear masks. And at this point, the masks are doing no good. There is a, um, there's a mentality of some progressives that we have to live the way they want us to live, and, and we all need to wear masks. I, I don't think so at this point. I, I, I'm, I am unaware at this point of the, the micron size of the virus and its way to, to, to travel that I don't think um, uh, particularly one of the cloth masks a lot of people wear unless you're going to mandate in 95 masks. There's no reason to. I am seeing an uptick in people wearing masks. 
All I can tell you is you should be gracious to those people. People need to start exercising a little more grace to each other. But I, I don't plan on putting a mask back on unless I'm going in some places that requires them, and I hope we don't get to that. Particularly in my state, I hope we don't get to mask mandates again. I was in the airport a while back, and someone made a, a snide comment to someone wearing a mask, and, and I, don't, I don't see why. Leave people alone. But also, I do think we're headed back into the, the, the media scare about COVID. We've got Halloween coming up. they got to scare you about something. They're scaring you about COVID. I'm reading about new variants. I'm, I'm reading about new, um, new particles and new, new all sorts of this. This time we're seeing COVID like we've never seen COVID before. But is it killing people? No. People are getting sick, yes. But it's recoverable and it's manageable. And you can navigate your life. It's it's okay. It's okay. I just I but y'all the media out there I and part of it I guess you know it bleeds it leads they must be doing it for ratings they they got to be doing it for ratings. They're trying to scare you. They're trying to to whip you into some sort of panic about COVID. I will tell you, I'm continually baffled by the people I see who are in their cars alone wearing masks. And, you know, my wife explained this to me at some point that maybe they're going somewhere, maybe they're DoorDash driver or something, and then they're going someplace where the people ask them. But why are you leaving it on in your car and there's nobody in the car with you? That, to me, to this day, makes no sense. Or the people walking outside wearing an N95 mask. Why are you wearing a mask outside? This is one of the weird anti-science things by the pro-science people during COVID that we knew if you were on the beach in the sunshine, you were not going to get COVID. And yet there were people demanding that if you're outside in the sunshine, wear a mask. That was completely anti-science. I just live your life the way you want to live your life, but stop bullying other people about making them live their lives the way you live your life, whether it's pro-mask or anti-mask. But this rise of the vaccine fear-mongering it's going to start as the booster comes out. The government's on the verge of approving it. You're going to see nonstop wall-to-wall moral panic in the media about the COVID vaccine. You're going to see nonstop wall-to-wall fear. And you're going to see the expert elite who got everything wrong to begin with come back with no moral recognition of what they got wrong. You're going to see Anthony Fauci wall-to-wall on television lecturing you. You're going to see President Trump's Surgeon General. He's already out saying, you need to put a mask on. No, you don't need to put a mask on. But you're going to see it. And you're going to see the media give these people, the media that still can't admit that COVID came from a lab leak, you're going to see that media try to lecture you. Just ignore it. But also, also, show some grace to people who disagree. We can laugh about the person in their car alone with the mask. But when you see someone in public wearing a mask, you you don't need to say something to them. I remember during the COVID, the peak of COVID, like 2020, and people are on lockdown. I remember being in my local grocery store, and people were wearing their masks. And there was a lady, she was on, um, it was the cleaning aisle. And she had on latex gloves and she had on a mask. 
And I'm pretty sure she had on like a surgical mask and underneath like an N95 mask, which actually doesn't work well, but it was like a double masked woman wearing latex gloves. And a guy came up behind her without a mask on and started breathing on her and heckling her that she was a worry wart. It was no big deal. This was overkill, blah, 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 just ridiculing her. And she had this horrified look on her face like she couldn't say anything. This guy was like in her space. And the manager of the grocery store happened to see it and escorted the guy out of the grocery store. Good good for them. I don't know if they banned him or what, but um, you just you don't have to be that guy. You don't have to be a jerk. Show people grace. But, yeah, I, I'm, I do laugh when I see somebody driving down the road by themselves, no one in the car, and they're wearing a mask. I, I don't get it. I don't get it. But their choice, not mine. Let me tell you about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. Speaking of the viruses and, and the bacteria floating in the air, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm is an air purifier, and it traps the, the mold and the pollen, the bacteria, the dust that's floating in the air. It's filterless. You can just wipe it out on occasion. The electrostatic plates, you, you don't have to get a filter subscription. Where it shines is in eliminating odors, and that's how I use it. They're a little bigger than your hand. So you can take this thing with you in your travel bag like I do. If you're in a hotel, someone's been smoking in the hotel before you get there, or a rental car, you can plug it up with a USB cord into the rental car with a USB outlet or plug it directly into the wall. You get three of them by going to EdenPureDeals.com and putting Eric in as your discount code, E-R-I-C-K. You'll get three Eden Pure Thunderstorms. You'll save $200. You'll get less than $200, and you'll get free shipping. You go to EdenPureDeals.com. That's the website, EdenPureDeals.com. Put in Eric, E-R-I-C-K, get three of these. So I keep one in my travel bag. We've got one on our back porch. It gets a little musty smelling back there sometime. I can fire up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and it wipes it out. I've got a friend of mine who told me that they got a dead animal in their wall. It stunk their kitchen up. They fired up the Eden Pure Thunderstorm and it wiped it out. A buddy of mine bought a house and the people who they bought the house from had smoked in the house for a long time. And they got an Eden Pure for each of the rooms and wiped out those smoke odors. These things work. EdenPureDeals.com is the website. The discount code is Eric. Get three of them for less than $200. Y'all, can can we just have a moment here to acknowledge football is back. I, I have I have done my bit for, for king and country to, to watch baseball. I, I've been loving watching the Braves. My gosh, the Braves are incredible this year. And the poor Mets, you know, Chris Christie, by the way, came on the program the other day and then tweeted out he would never come on the program again because I dared to ask him about the Mets. It was actually kind of funny. I'm glad glad he embraced that the Mets suck right now. Um, sorry, sorry, Fisher. Uh, <laughs> got a friend of mine, big Mets fan. Um, but football is back. Um, and that just means life is going back to normal. I watched... Florida get just absolutely throttled by Utah last night. And it just, it makes me happy. It makes me happy to see that uh, the, the games are coming back. And we have not yet had all of the, the uh, woke conversations about football right now. Let's see. We've got what? Um, tonight, we got Eastern Michigan at Howard. Michigan State versus Central Michigan. Miami of Florida versus Miami of Ohio. Georgia Tech versus Louisville, which is going to be the Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. Uh, Kansas versus Missouri State. Hawaii versus Stanford. By the way, I think Stanford's going to the ACC now, it seems. Uh, and then on Saturday, we got Iowa versus Utah State. I mean, this is just like glorious. Glorious. And on Sunday night, prime time on ABC, Florida State versus LSU. 
That's going to be the primetime game on uh, Sunday night. Not We're not going to have the NFL. We're going to have college football. And then the NFL, we're going to have NFL games on Monday. I just, I, I'm, y'all, I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I'm excited by this. I'm not a huge sports fan, but I have just like, gotten into watching football during the year. It's like, I guess you hit middle age and you just embrace watching football on the front porch with your friends. And I got, I, I'm still planning my menu for my friends coming over on Sunday night. I got a great bottle of bourbon, Calumet, 14 year old. They're harder and harder to find. And I think I'm doing meatball subs. I think so. I got this ricotta meatball recipe. I sent it out to the recipe list a while back. I think it's the last recipe I sent. And I've got to get back to doing recipes, um, but I've been busy, but nonetheless, we have football this weekend, and that's a good thing. Life slowly begins to return to normal. I don't have to watch soccer. I don't have to watch. I'm I, well. I mean, I don't watch the. I'm not a big basketball fan. I'm particularly not a women's basketball fan. Now I watch women's volleyball if it's beach volleyball, but otherwise, no. Um, but now we got football, and that's a good thing. We still have the Braves as well. The Braves, they're on a roll. I'm hoping they get to, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that they get to the World Series. We will see. All right. We got more to talk about before I get out of here. I, I do have more to talk about, including this. FEMA is almost out of money. And that's not a good thing. Concurrent to all of this, the governor of Hawaii is refusing to acknowledge that uh, the power lines caused the fire. He's insisting still it's climate change. But uh, Dan Cresswell, who is FEMA's administrator, says that the disaster relief fund has a balance of $3.4 billion and will be exhausted by the first half of September. She wants a supplemental appropriation from Congress. Biden wants $12 billion more, but he refuses to uncouple it from Ukraine funding, and Congress is balking at putting the two of them together. Uh, controversy growing over funding Ukraine. This is the Biden administration, though, doesn't want to fund Florida and Hawaii without funding Ukraine. It's going to be a political problem for him. You guys have a great weekend. I will see you Tuesday after Labor Day.